I always come back to that. Oh, yeah. That was something. Uh, we sat in a, an ayahuasca ceremony with these Brazilian shaman from the Hunikuni tribe. It was their first time ever leaving the fucking jungle. Yeah, look and them we were, up. Yeah, we were, we were sitting with them in ceremony. And they say, ouch, 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 ouch. I thought they were saying, like, ouch. <laughs> no. It's like H-A-U-X or something uh-huh. like that. Ouch, ouch. And it's like apparently one of the first sounds that like the serpent makes or something like that. And it's mm-hmm. meant to symbolize presence, gratitude, you know. It definitely acts for me as like an acknowledgement, you know, not acknowledgement of the energy flowing or an yeah. acknowledgement of something someone saying or. Well, discovering that word in the ayahuasca realm really sets an imprint on your cells so when you invoke it i feel like it can kind of bring you back to that state a little bit yeah it's so funny i like i'm like am i appropriating like i don't speak spanish i don't speak portuguese i don't speak these other languages but you know when i do the hape Mm -hmm. i definitely find myself being like gracias madre gracias padre gracias madre gracias padre and and like saying like thank you grandmother thank you grandfather thank you mother thank you father like it doesn't feel the same Maybe it's because like you're saying, it's, it's been instilled in me from those experiences, Mm -hmm. but, um, yeah, well, I'm going to keep doing it because it like, it's meaningful. And I also realized that in this incarnation, I speak one language, sadly, but you know, we're, we're deeply connected and I think there shouldn't be so many rules as far as like how you say things. I think when you take the meaning out of something and you just like say a whole the time, like it doesn't mean anything, but if you honor yeah. it, I'm all for that. Yeah. Honoring it. And, and I feel like you're really appropriating when you're trying to, uh, I don't know, make money off of it. Right. And fucking create some persona uh-huh. around the fucking, I don't know, the use of some shit you probably don't even really understand. Yeah, we use so much weird shit now. I've been thinking about that. <laughs> what do you mean? I feel like we roll around with some like uh, jungle medicine kit almost at this point. Yeah, totally. It, it's funny because it, the other day somebody was saying like, oh, I really want to take ayahuasca. I'm just like waiting for the opportunity when I can go down to Peru and get into the jungle and this and that. And I just said to her, I don't think that's necessary. Right. I I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't think that that jungle needs gringos coming in and out of there. I don't think they need us interrupting their ecosystem and and their economies and like the 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 impact of of fucking gringos ascending on an area is, is never one that ends up being super positive. So right, because then also what happens is that then the economy gets based on yeah people coming in like tourists or whatever and it changes like you see what happened in the bahamas it's so weird there's like this crazy poverty and then there's like a chanel store mm-hmm. and people come in off the boats off the cruises they shop on this one strip but it doesn't really bring i mean the money that chanel is making from having a store there isn't going to the local economy yeah you yeah. know well and also as somebody who has communed with the ayahuasca spirit a number of times now to me i'm like 
hey, it's trying to make its way out of the jungle. That's how this fucking white boy in New York even found it. Mm-hmm. It's trying to make its way out of the jungle. It senses what's going on with us. And it's trying to be a little bit more flamboyant and less exclusionary. So it's finding itself all over the world. And I think that's a beautiful thing. And wherever you are, if you have access to this medicine, don't give yourself a fucking complex about taking it. Please. God, it's so necessary. It's so life affirming. You know, I, I just I, I hate the idea that we put these hurdles in the way of starting our healing journeys. Right. If you have the opportunity and it feels like it's safe and a, a safe container. I mean, go for it. I've never regretted it. No, no. Imagine taking ayahuasca and, you, and at the end of the trip, you're like, oh, I should have been in fucking Peru doing this. It's like, it doesn't matter where you are. Once that shit hits you, it uh, yeah. doesn't matter. Like maybe if it's uh, next to like a club in Brooklyn or whatever, it might be a little weird, but. Use common sense. Yeah. Use common sense. That, uh, yeah, I totally agree. Uh, the, you know, the kit, just to say like what I was talking about when I said this medicine kit, I'm thinking of, yeah. <laughs> um, well, obviously the hoppe, which we've talked about a bunch on here, which is blowing, um, like tobacco and ash up your nose. And that is, yeah, we have some right here. Maybe I'll do it at the end of this episode. Okay. Yeah. Go for it. Go for it. Um, that is, it doesn't stop being a powerful experience for me. Like, yeah, it's so powerful <laughs> that I'm like, I'll do this once a week. And when I do it, I really sit with it. And it's definitely gives me maybe an illusion that I'm like, oh, I'm cleaning out any kind of even fear of Corona energy. Mm. Mm-hmm. What's it? What's, uh, why don't you explain what a happy experience is like for you? Oh man, I did it last night, I think, or two nights ago. And it just, it's incredibly overwhelming in the best in the best of ways you know because it bring when something overwhelms your senses and i remember i, I like i had a headache and i did it and, it and my headache went from like here to like all over <laughs> but in a way that like spread it out and made it move the energy moved and i just feel tingling in my fingers and in my toes and my whole body and I mean, if you don't honor it, what's so kind of great about these medicines is if you don't honor them and if you don't sit with them, you'll end up, you know, purging or, you know, it, it doesn't, you know, it's like requires the presence and it brings you into presence kind of like the Chilcogway, which you should oh, do that oh on here. Oh my God, I forgot about that. I should have, I have that back there. I'll yeah, it. Daniel Fresco turned us onto the Chilcogway. Which is a Mexican root. Um, that they make this extract out of and you spray it into the, to the back of your mouth and it just creates like a pop rocks esque. That's generous. Carbonated, extremely tingly and popping, like almost burning sensation that overwhelms you. I remember we gave it to our friend Maddie and she's like, I feel like there's an orb in my mouth. Mm-hmm. That's a really good way of describing it. And, uh, talk about fucking quashing corona fears yeah i was at this bachelor party this weekend every time somebody fucking was like approaching me with no mask on after they left i'm like oh my god tears start coming down like you can't you can't help it and that that's what's so beautiful about um the hape the chilcagua and for me uh, the sananga which is a little bit more extreme sananga is a uh it's a tree bark that they that they take in the jungle and they uh, dissolve it in water and they put, you put the drops in your eyes and it just 
burns. I can't even ex- describe Batter- how badly it burns. Battery acid seems to be the most Battery acid. Imagine what would it would feel like if battery acid went into your eyes. But it starts... Um, it brings something online that is sitting dormant usually. Your, your, body, your body responds like, oh shit, your eyes? This is something you were trained to protect, motherfucker. What are you doing? Right. So uh, all these emotions and, and fears and everything come and you have nothing to do but just breathe. Catch you your breath. Catch your Literally. breath. <laughs> That's what it's like. The second it hits you, your your main focus is catch your breath. You're like, there's a million thoughts about pain and suffering and all this stuff. And you're like, wait, where's my breath? Please help. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. And then someone was asking me the other day, um, they're like, why do you do this stuff? Because it's not like it's, it's, they're not like psychoactive drugs. Mm-hmm. None of them. But they're like, why do you do this stuff so often? And off the top of my head, and I hadn't really thought about this, but, and I think, but it, this makes sense to me is, it's hard for me to elicit the baptism of tears. That's kind of, I think, a necessary, as necessary as laughing, as having orgasms, as f- f- so many of the, as exercising, as sweating. It's as necessary to be crying. And um, I read somewhere that women have four times more the capacity to be able to cry than men. So these things at the very least yeah yeah you could probably start crying right now just thinking about it and it and it and it releases the emotion it helps move the energy for me it would take a lot for me it would take a lot to get me crying i haven't seen you cry and like that often and when i have it's been very significant but i think Mm. on average i probably cry like once every two weeks yeah yeah and i can think of like once every two years that i've seen you cry when did you see me cry I mean, usually drugs are involved, you know, or, yeah. you know, if if we count Hoppe or Sananga's crying, I don't even know that if I would. Count. No, I remember a couple times crying like really hard. It's, it's usually some very powerful um, piece of film or something like the, the film Phantom Thread mm-hmm. fucking got me. The Paul Thomas Anderson film Phantom Thread. At one point he, uh, he he's like hallucinating a little bit. I don't want to spoil the movie, but at one point he's hallucinating a little bit and he sees uh, the image of his, his mother who passed away. So he, he, he sees her and she's just standing, standing across the room and he's tripping out and he's just staring at her and he just says, um, are you with me always? And it fucking destroyed me. And I, uh, it just, it fucking really, really, really um, triggered that. And I loved it. And then the, another one I can remember really well is the season, the, the series finale of Mad Men. Oh, that yeah. It was a great show. Great ending, too. You don't always get a great, great ending. ending with great shows. Oh, my God. It's just like see, you're watching episode after episode, season after season of this fucking out of control, in his ego, over-medicated, consumed human being who's just a mess and they fucking end with him ending up at some fucking meditation retreat and they end with him meditating and they just, the last shot is just a little smile coming on his face and it it just fucking tore the fucking house down. It really got me. But that's why, that's why I think I take some of this stuff 
it, I think it's necessary to move those tears. And um, I want to have a practice where I could be more vulnerable and find more reasons to to cry on the frequent. Yeah, but it's kind of nice to hear that it's not just you. It's that, you know, maybe genetically you don't have as much of a capacity for tears. I don't know if it's, was it societally or uh, genetically or like, was it? I think it's more of uh, the way our DNA is because it's like men, the the, the typical, the ones that are going to go out there and take the big risks and be hunting and this and that. You're going to, you got to be the lion. Right. You got to be the lion. You don't associate a lion with crying. Mm -hmm. You associate them with courage and strength and leadership. And um, not that crying would take away from those things, but I just think we're built a little bit differently. Women have to be more tapped in to their emotional center. Right. You're bearing children. You're passing along the love. Yeah, it's, it's... It's, I believe that men and women are equally driven by their emotions. Oh, yeah. And kind of the exorcism of expressing your, your emotions, I would argue, is healthier, you know. Oh, it totally is. I mean, you, you get a period every month. I do. You get to have um, a week where it's just, it's all, it's all coming out. It's <laughs> all coming out. It's all coming out emotionally. It's coming out physically. You're moving energy. You're starting over. Men don't have that built in. It's, it's, you, you have access to pain. Mm-hmm. You have access to your pain. Well, and the sacred reminder of pain. Yeah, yeah. And, and for men, we have to look to the outside world for those reminders. We need to create fights and wars and conflict and economies based on competition and all this stuff because we're so divorced from that, that natural thing. So, Would you, if you could take a pill and get a period every month, would you? No. Okay, good. Why would I do that? I don't know. I was just, it felt like a period. Felt like a question. Because, I mean, you like doing the sananga and all these things that hurt. Like, maybe, (laughs) maybe, Mm. maybe one day there'll be a jungle medicine that we find out about that's like here. (laughs) Period inducing. (laughs) Period inducing. You kind of get your period when I do. I feel like we, because we live on such a similar wavelength, that it's like our ebb and flows are very compatible. Oh, totally. We've, we've so merged essences that like when you're going through something, I'm definitely going through it. And when I'm going through something, you're definitely going through it. And there's such balance that like, I don't even know how this is possible, but it seems like every time you're down in the dumps, I'm not. And when I am, you're not. You're like a pillar of strength when I am my lowest form of being a fucking piece of shit. It's, it's not unique to you. I feel like I've noticed this throughout my whole life is that like when I have a friend who's like really down, the way that I energetically respond to that is like if someone's like seeming like they're miserable, like I get happier, not because they're miserable, but because I want to help them. And they're also a representation of how I don't want to operate in life. Mm-hmm. And when you can see it from the outside, you're kind of like, all right, yeah, the pressure's on, like show up, let go. You know, look how unfun it is to be holding on. And I think that also is just kind of how we relate, you know, and there's no one right way. I think if anything, I'm like the worst person for sensitive people because I there's there's a requires, you know, a sensitivity and people who can really um, deeply empathize so much so that they like enter that reality that the other person's in and, and like they can like then climb their way out together. Mm. It takes me like a long time to get into your reality. Then we climb out together. It requires me to get that de- like to your reality. 
for us to like move that energy but like like you said i i spent the first you know however many well minutes hours weeks whatever trying to like hold this pillar of like it's all good you know you're all good don't worry about it (laughs) (laughs) you're lying don't worry about it Mm. lions have been very present lately that's for sure like it seems like out of nowhere but then i think and i'm like we have a lion tapestry hanging above our bed. It's the first thing I see every morning besides your sweet little ass going to pee. Mm-hmm. I see your sweet <laughs> little ass go out and I'm filled with gratitude. And then I look up at these lions. I'm like, what are they? What does this mean? Why do we have this? What is this about? I don't even know. I, I don't know either. And then, so we just got back from an ayahuasca thing and we did it in the form of uh, Di- Santo Daime, mm-hmm. which is I don't, I don't know how to describe it. You can look it up. Um, it's spelled D-A-I-M-E. And I just would describe it as Christian ayahuasca. It seems like the same medicine. Yeah, it but tastes it, like ayahuasca. It is ayahuasca. But it, I mean, from my understanding, that it's more of a masculine energy. And it doesn't seem, yeah. it seems to be like a little lighter. They brew it lighter where you can, I mean, I didn't stand up the whole time. But, you know, that's like a lot of these um, daime churches, like people wear white, they dance, they sing the whole time. Yeah, they're up. They're moving around, which is what the Hooney Coonies did with us. Damn them. I know. I that know. That was crazy. It was, it was tough. It was tough. They, they give you ayahuasca. It's a lighter brew, but then they blow hoppe up your nose, the most hoppe you've ever fucking experienced. <laughs> and then they come at you with the sananga, the strongest fucking sananga i've ever had yeah literally screaming and then they're like all right n- next cup and i'm like yeah no thank you i've had like my full experience for th- i took that next cup yeah. and then they're like let's do the snake dance and everyone's just like <laughs> running around the room together everyone's just like <laughs> jumping up and down and going around intense but this um this recent experience we had we were yeah. we were out in the hamptons and a friend had us fucking what a blessing to be able to get out of the city and our just little bubble of like quarantining and mm-hmm. go around people that are being safe and also have this medicine and know how to hold ceremony. couple Leos too. Yeah. Whoa, the lion. The lion, yeah. They're yeah. very, they very much inhabit that Leo energy. And we very much, I think, I think statistically there's a lot, Leos are just, there are more Leos technically in the world, but we definitely. Or are they just more noticeable? Well, they're more noticeable. <laughs> There's more of them. And we are often friends with Leos because we can get along really well with them. And we will give attention. I love giving attention to Leos. Yeah. That's yeah, my favorite. Too. Yeah. So we went out to the Hamptons, our first time out in the Hamptons. Incredible place. I've been to Montauk before. We're talking about like Eastern Long Island in New York. You don't feel like you're in New York anymore. You're just like all of a sudden on the most beautiful beach you can imagine and the weather's perfect and it's just uh it felt like being in the sims because you look at these houses and you're like this is a huge like an unnecessarily huge house Mm -hmm. on the beach and they're all like kind of different and it it just feels like and half of them are unoccupied yeah it feels like someone came down and was like all right you know like almost on a computer game like i want this kind of staircase i want this kind of thing okay there's my big mansion you know yeah that's what access or wealth will give you yeah it's kind of funny but that was our our friend the hummingbird. I Ooh, guess. let's just call him the hummingbird. Yeah. Because the hummingbird is such a powerful fucking symbol. Right. As is the lion, but so is the hummingbird. And and like think about like this. The lion is like this beast, mm-hmm. this big beast. And this hummingbird's this tiny little thing, 
But what is it? It's a messenger of love. Right. That's what the hummingbird is. That's what it represents to me. It's a messenger of love. Oh, and they flutter around to their desires, like the yeah. and pull the nectar and yeah, help the help the uh, plants and the flowers. And mm. Our our friend is a hummingbird. Yeah. And uh, he loves the hummingbird. He, it's a, it, there's a lot of uh, those symbols are all over his house, and you painted him a beautiful hummingbird before we went out there and gifted Thanks. it to him. Yeah, that was fun. Um, yeah, being out there was just really beautiful it's even funny kind of you and i aren't the type to hang out with other couples no and these guys they're like they're new in their relationship but that you can tell they're very deep Mm -hmm. and going to go very deep and are committed to going very deep and it's it's really fun to be with another couple and i think in a way we've avoided it not avoided it but we're not the kind of people like let's double date no it doesn't really cross my mind that often but being in that kind of double datey energy, I'm like, this is fucking awesome. Like yeah. you and I just want to like flutter around and keep each other occupied, and they were fluttering around, keeping each other occupied, yeah. and like we just get to like share this space and beautiful weather, and yeah. you know, see each other and have moments of communion with food and laughing, and but then like, okay, we're gonna go do this thing, and we're gonna do this thing, and there's not. Um, it's beyond judgment. It yeah. is. It was very. It was very freeing. Because yeah. that's my whole thing socially, like when we're hanging out with people. I don't want people like having a lot of expectations. Right. Like, where's Sean? Yeah. Where's Sean? Like, I don't, I don't want anyone fucking worrying about where I am or what I'm doing. Yeah. You know, that's where, that's where I thrive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we got out there and like they have, they have lion statues in their backyard. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm sitting there and like just, just the most beautiful property and I got a pool and I'm sitting there and, and doing my little hoppe between these two lines and a hummingbird flew under there. Oh yeah, that was beautiful. This is before we even did the medicine. Yeah, they give me a book called The Lion People, which supposedly there are these people, the lion people that are from, I guess, what we'd consider the future, but mm-hmm. it's like this alternate universe that's more advanced where people are more in lion form, you know? Mm. What's that about? What is that? I don't know. I'm at the beginning of the book, but... Yeah. I think it's about learning from, they're almost like angels in in the sense that they have the, or it's almost like its own form of another reality where you can learn from other people's reality, lion people. Mm. There's also dolphin people. I did not know about the dolphin people. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know anything about the dolphin people? No, I, I want to learn more about all these motherfuckers. You all, know? all the different people. All the human animal kingdom. Yeah things <laughs> i loved that you were sitting there fucking reading that lion people book that's got to be pretty far out oh super far out and then of course i'm like all right maybe i'll meet the lion people in this daime experience tonight like go into it with a little intention and i will say i didn't meet the lion people but i met a lion like i had a lion visitation like at the beginning of the ceremony am i skipping ahead i don't know yeah, it's okay probably it's okay though, right? <laughs> no rules. I'm I, listening. I put my hands out and I was just like feeling very present. We had taken the medicine, you know, half hour before. And I was just sitting. Whoa, that was pretty quick. Yeah. I sat with my hands open and I just opened to receive because I was seeing like the lion faces in the carpet. I'm like, oh, cool lion. And this giant lion with a huge mane put his paws in in my hands and then came up and like rubbed up all on me 
and like licked my face and put his nose on my face and I could feel his mane all over me. And it's not like I'm describing this not like an annoying way, I hope. It's not it's it feels it felt deeper and more tangible than a dream because it it felt physical like it felt like I couldn't it's not like I could I felt it I felt the presence and and it was just such an interesting experience because if I closed my eyes and tried to visualize a lion coming up to me and putting its hands on me and rubbing up against me I can't even touch the territory that I was able to touch in that experience yeah so I I mean I think the idea I mean, this is where going into Daime kind of um, rogue. Is, is, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> our hummingbird friend definitely led us and definitely brought in the teachings and of Christ. And, and that there was the prayer that he brought in. And there was the, the prayer in the beginning. And a lot of stuff that I heard. It's funny, I heard you whispering because you know these prayers. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people and the idea is to have a visitation with Christ. Yeah. And if And if I hadn't already committed myself to the lion people, maybe I would have been visited by Christ and that would have been awesome. You but, were. Yeah. Have you ever heard about Christ? He's the lion and the lamb. He's the, he's the lion and the lamb? Yeah. Oh, I don't know that. Jesus is the lion and the lamb. I love that. Yeah. So he was there. He was there. He wasn't coming in the form of white Jesus that you see at Catholic churches or whatever. He loved me. You are him. But he will. That, the, yeah. He loved you. He but was the, covering you in in love, like this ferocious being that could fucking probably eat you in one bite instead was nuzzling up to you and hanging out. That's the gift. I mean, especially in quarantine of these psychedelic substances is, you know, you see on Instagram these guys who are like hanging out with lions and in the jungle and whatever. And it's so amazing. Yeah. And I'm not going to be able to travel or become a person who knows how to talk to lions without getting my head bit off. But I was able to have a lion moment, which was super cool. Wow. Then what happened? Then we drank another cup and it got crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Can you talk about that? Yeah, there I mean, it was I mean it's DMT. If you smoke DMT, it's I it was very visual. It was I was I had to lie down. I went to the bathroom and had an exorcism and you know, ask the question, like, am I, am I, did I do something wrong? Did I, what do you mean? Because, because like you were shitting your brains out all of a sudden. Oh God, I hate saying that, but yeah, it's okay. I was, I was like giving birth. Yeah. I was giving, I was birthing something. And it's so funny because the eight or nine times we've taken ayahuasca before this, we've kind of joked about like, what's that shitting thing that everyone talks about? Like that fucking scares me, but it's never a a factor. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, purging has only really been a factor for me like half the time, but that is purging. Mm-hmm. So you were, you're in there getting a little concerned. Well, I just had a moment where I was like, oh, I can tap in. Like I am tapped in and there's this room to tap in. Mm. And I asked like, did I do something wrong? Did I eat something wrong? And I was like, no, sweetie, you're fine. You're fine. Don't worry about it. And the thing is you can listen to that voice and be like, look for more evidence that you did something wrong if you want to. And that's kind of the power of your own mind and ego is you can keep clawing. But luckily I got that message of like, no, sweetie, you're okay. And I was like, all right, I'm going to just accept that as truth Yeah. and let that go. Yeah. Anyway, crazy times. Well, because the thing, the thing about the ego that you realize, especially when you're on these heavy duty medicines that are, are dissolving your ego is 
the ego is way stronger than any chemical that we've come across as humans. Right. It's, it's, it's just, it, it's ability to cling is uh, fucking unreal. Right. It's unreal. So uh, it, it takes discipline to have an ego dissolving experience, a true ego dissolving experience. Yeah. That's why it doesn't, it doesn't do the work for you and it doesn't cure you but it really does feel like kind of with the hot air with anything or drinking water or going for a run you're moving energy mm-hmm. you know and the moving of that energy allows you to open up to new opportunities new ways of looking at the world new ways of looking at yourself healthier relationship with other people healthier relationship with yourself and so yeah yeah everything's changing right. always yeah and and the idea that that at some point we reach a level of growth where we don't have to change anymore mm-hmm. and we can just stagnate and we can just double down on all the ego games that got us there because look, they got us there. Uh, it's just such a fallacy. I think the, the real truth is everything's changing so much and you have to be willing to change so much with it. You need to be updating your operating system constantly. Oh my God. That's the main message I got from nitrous was like, you could get left behind if you don't, step into each moment with confidence and um fearlessness you know Mm. that you that there is no guarantee that you made it this far and you're not going to get left behind not that we're not always on the path of awakening all of us but you want to keep the energy flowing you know yeah not stagnate at least i would prefer not to yeah even though you obviously do and i obviously do well, I mean, that it's that it's like it reminds me of, of the rapture. You don't want to get left behind. Mm-hmm. The rapture is always happening. Mm-hmm. Do you want to be the unconscious being who gets left behind as we all ascend into higher consciousness? Mm-hmm. No. No. So you have That's to be no willing. Fun. So you have to be willing to face things for what they really are yeah. and, and get to the heart of truth. And often that requires going towards things that are scary or unsavory. It almost always does. Yeah. It almost always does. Fortunately or unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I guess. And then the only other thing that I will say about my, my Daime experience. One, it's definitely has a different energy than the ayahuasca. I mean, every experience is a different energy, but it definitely felt, I agree that I felt the more masculine energy, even though I had a, a woman come to me at some point, uh-huh. you know, that's, it's shorter in, in some ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but I kind of came towards the end and I was really trying not to reject this, but I felt us coming into like coupledom, you know, I know we've been so together for so long, but I felt this like resurrection of like, acknowledge your sacredness, acknowledge the sacredness of the couple, acknowledge your relationship with Sean and the power that you guys hold together. Mm. And you know, that you can hold within a couple. And I was like, so I felt that's where my big death went because I, I went into the experience as like a little girl, like, Oh, we're just fluttering humans. And I came out and I was like, fuck, I'm in a couple. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. <laughs> it's very grounding. Like I have to show up for this couple. I have to mature in this couple. Um, like I, that there is something that I can build upon if I if I show up to it. Mm. And I like it's kind of nice to just pretend like you don't have that responsibility. Yeah, it definitely is, and that that's uh, 
we're we're just coming out of a, a little bit of a throupledom. Mm-hmm. So the, there is a resurrection of our coupledom, and it is familiar because that's been our cross to bear our entire relationship. This this is it. This is the priority. All else comes behind it. Our coupledom, art, family, community, all those things. But it's it's we're strong. Yeah. And, and that's our cross to bear. And if you understand what Jesus was doing, he was showing up to the cross like a bride to their groom mm-hmm. with eyes wide open, smiling, not full, full knowing where it's all going, but showing up. And that's what we do. That's what we do. And it's it's a beautiful thing to you know, have this confusing thing happen with us, like where we, we were like in a throuple for a few months and then it, and it's ending and you're like, what, what's going on, you know? To have a ceremony, literally like the day after that we, we finally really said, we're, we're not gonna do this anymore. To have a ceremony, a cord cutting ceremony. It, it, it's, I, I think it's a beautiful way to ascend back into our coupledom, mm-hmm. you know? Come come out of that that the the lower frequency of pleasures of the flesh. <laughs> yeah, rejection of ego stuff, ego stuff. Uh, you know, it it's it's all bullshit. But when you have a ceremony like that, your ego goes down a little bit. Your soul just fucking immediately just sounds the alarms. That shit is okay, man. You're good. Mm-hmm. You're good. You're better than ever. It's it, don't build a wall. Don't make a rule. Don't make a rule about this. Don't build walls. Remain open. Remain open. It hurts. Just remain open. I think uh, you know that's powerful. So, as the medicine's wearing off, you and I are sitting out under the stars, smoking a joint, and just sending love mm-hmm. to to uh, our friend. Just sending love out. Sending cosmic love, love beams, appreciation, gratitude, no bitterness. It's no bitterness. There's no rage. There's no hate. You know, you can you could slip into those things very easily, as we know. Yeah. It's it's not look. It's not who we're looking to be. Yeah. We want to remain open. Yeah, you gotta forgive those moments. Um, how was your experience? I know I just talked a lot about mine. Yeah, mine. Uh. I feel like that experience has was like the middle of what's been like a very profound two weeks. Right. So everything kind of seemed like it was building up to that moment of release. Um, I wasn't nervous. And it was kind of striking me. I'm like, I'm either really distracted or I'm I'm pretty good right now. And you were on so much cannabis. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. I forgot about that. You know, that that's another thing that... um. Sometimes, it, sometimes you you ask people about ayahuasca, and maybe before you've done it, and and people will start hitting you with like the worst reflection of their own fears, and and these rules, and they're like, well, you got to eat like this leading up to it. You don't want to have sex. This no drugs. This cannabis has to be off the table. All these things that like, it, it's good advice for a first timer. It's really good advice for a first, second timer, third timer, fourth timer, fifth timer, whatever. But you get to a place where it's like, you know this territory, you know how to navigate it. And we had a shaman tell us like, 
oh, that, that sex stuff doesn't apply to you guys. Like she was just very specific with us. Like you two in particular, um, you don't have to worry about that. It's kind of nice because you and I have sex every day at least once. And to, to intentionally have a two-week period where you're abstaining. I think we appreciate it and we got a lot out of it from abstaining. Yeah. And I think there may be times in our relationship moving forward where it's a- appropriate to give that more space around those trips. But it's also realizing we were, like last year, doing it almost once a month. Mm-hmm. And to do it once a month and to put a huge container around it, like of abstinence, mm-hmm. ended up not being healthy for us. And I, I think what she's saying is that sex when you're connected and entangled and have a and are doing it with love because there's such a transference of energy that happens and I think that's what we've continued to learn is how much energy gets transferred yeah that you don't want to just go throw in it around <laughs> around yeah. ayahuasca because that'll that'll it comes up it, it it's a cleaning experience. It's, it feels like it's cleaning your organs. It's cleaning your energetic field. It's filling you up with clean, fresh water. Yeah, yeah. And and I think, like, quite frankly, a lot of people don't use sex the way we do. So I could see why they should abstain leading up to it. But it's a part of our day-to-day practice. There's no games involved. It's our communion. Give us this day our daily bread. I'll, I'll take it. You know, mm-hmm. so, um, I wonder if anyone's <laughs> called it that before, but I like it. I'm just riffing. I, no, I love it. I love I'm, it. I'm just I love riffing. It. I, love I don't it. know what I'm talking about. No, it's funny. I love it. I love it. But leading up to it, I didn't, um, hesitate. I, I was, I was smoking weed all day, every day, mm-hmm. you know, I was down at, out at the beach. And so, uh, the people we were staying with, they, they had some really good, potent, high vibration cannabis oil. And I probably took that at four o'clock in the afternoon and we didn't take the ayahuasca till 8 PM. By the time we took it, I was like fucking flying Cass. Like I get, I get high, you know, I get high, but like, this is a different fucking thing. No, I could see it in your eyes. This was a different thing. And it just was just like, all right, cool. What are we going to do? Let's do it. Let's do this. That might have contributed to you not being nervous. <laughs> I didn't be, my heart didn't skip a beat. I'm just like, cool, I'm turning the show over to our homeboy, the hummingbird. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. Bring me the love, man. Bring me the medicine. I'll take whatever you fucking put in front of me tonight. And um, yeah, I think that I think that was a good choice for me because uh, I've had people tell me like, oh, ayahuasca is a very jealous mistress she doesn't like when cannabis is around this and that and after this experience i'm like fuck off with that well also that you're a jealous person and you're projecting it onto these fucking plants that have nothing but love for us yeah. they have nothing but love for us they're not jealous of each other they're not jealous of each other there might not be room in your heart to combine those things but for the most part i i think if you know how to fucking commune with santa maria cannabis if you know how to do that i i think taking ayahuasca along with it is like it's like having a friend there mm-hmm. that's what it felt felt like i had a friend there with me i was i was fucking so high going into it i gotta pee is that cool
Yeah, I'll just go you into just hold a, it down. a monologue. Of yeah, try to try to hold space because maybe we won't edit this out. Are you serious? I'll be back in like 30 seconds. All right, cool. But you could shake this rattle or do something or maybe say something sweet and I'll come back and I'll describe. Uh, I have a few things in my mind. Okay, cool. I wouldn't mind peeing too. Okay. You're back. Thank you. I'm going to. This is the part in any legit podcast where there'd be like a an ad or something and we would have to sell our soul a little bit to act like we care about some product, but we're not we're not your your average legit podcast. <laughs> I didn't go into a monologue because I feel like it's it's hard to do that. So I just break it is. a little. It is. I, I always um I commend our friend Noah, Noah Lampert. Yeah. He does podcasts, it's just him. Yeah, that, that's badass. It's badass. Bill Burr does it too. I mean I'm sure there's a lot of people who do it, but those are the people I've I've heard do it and that I listen to. Right. It's pretty fucking badass to be able to like just kind of speak out into the ethers. A lot of noise coming from your fucking thing today. Sorry about Try that. Try not to fuck with the wire or whatever. I'm gonna not fuck with the wire. Um. Yeah. Fuck. So. Yeah, I was buzzing. I was buzzing. I was flying pretty fucking high, and uh, we were in this basement in the Hamptons, and um, I remember just like sitting full lotus and he before he gave us the medicine gave us hape and it was like okay which i always like to do i love doing hape but like before a ceremony it really 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 grounds me and it gives me courage like lion (laughs) (laughs) so we did that and then we took it and um when you're taking it, the, the Daimei tradition, the the other the other tradition that we participate in, it's like a lot of songs and prayers, or you can't even understand it. It's in another language. Um, this was this was different. Like he he had a stand up, and we were saying the Our Father and the Hail Mary. Mm. I know those prayers. I grew up with those. Do you prayers. want to say one of them? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. 
and forgive us our trespasses for he for he who forgives those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil that Amen. was good yeah I, i've i think you got it pretty close i flubbed it it's okay basically we were saying the our father and the hail mary which i grew up with which i know it, i love it oh you do i was this is this is actually we haven't talked about this yet but I'm actually really curious how it affects you. Um, Very deeply. Oh, okay. Like, I'm one of those people, when you go to church, I, like, give a 20 when they come collect money. Because you're like, I got a lot out of this. Oh, yeah. I'm like, I got a lot out of this. <laughs> Crying. Yeah. The last time we, that was the last time we cried together, probably, at Easter. We went to church. Oh, yeah. And I was just like, oh, my God. It's so emotional. It's so sacred. It's so special remember we went to that pastor's conference and they were singing like there was this like church band singing these songs and everyone's like oh i was like streaming tears yeah yeah jesus is in you and this just awakens it and and for me i think about uh those prayers are baked into my existence and what do i associate them with i associate them with those are the prayers they give to you after you confess. They say, go say 20 Hail Marys and 25 Our Fathers or whatever. Mm-hmm. So those prayers to me are um, like cheat codes. They're hacks. They're involved with forgiveness. I might not understand a word of what I'm saying when I say them. I still kind of don't. I don't even know what those prayers really even mean. The words sound beautiful, but I think the reason they sound beautiful to me is because they're unlocking the dimension of forgiveness in my heart and that's where christ dwells and so it's a very very powerful thing that i took for granted until that moment and i could see what it was doing to me and i could see how it was relaxing me and when when you grow up confessing and then using those prayers to atone for atonement at one minute presence back here into the kingdom uh that was a beautiful way to start off forgiveness is a hell of a drug it's the drug it's the only fucking thing going it's the only thing going why do you think i smoke pot self-forgiveness every time it's just instant it's it's my friend the cannabis spirit santa maria saying it's all good. That's so You're fun. a good dude. That's so funny because cannabis, it doesn't happen as much anymore, but there's a lot of times with cannabis where it's like, oh, hey, you forgot to email this person back. Hey, you forgot to do this. That hey, was you last night. Remember this promise you made? You forgot to do that. And it's like brings me into the opposite of forgiveness. It was like, get your shit together. Yeah. That's a lot of times what will happen. Yeah. Yeah. It's not I a bad know. thing either. No, it's not. It's not. And if it gives me that message, I know I got work to do and that's yeah. okay. Um, but for the most part, it's very forgiving. And so th- so are those prayers. And so is Jesus. Yeah. And so is fucking Daime. So oh, it was there was a lot of that just right there. And uh, I took it and just sat there probably for hours, maybe an hour and a half. Yeah, I, I watched you. You just looked like... I, I saw... Because <laughs> we're doing something... We're, we're having a funny time where we, we like... You can maybe you can't even tell, but we shaved your beard a little differently. Oh yeah, (laughs) (laughs) 
which I love. Um, yeah, you want me to have huge sideburns and like a mustache. A goatee. And, yeah. I, I don't know. It's so great to It's me. just funny. It's just funny. And so I'm looking at you kind of meditating. And I'm like, oh, Sean's like coming into, I mean, I've seen you come into manhood so many times, but you never stop coming into manhood, you know? I never stop coming into womanhood, personhood, you know, mm-hmm. alienhood. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just, I, I just sat back. And I mean, it's, it's one of those, it, it's like, this might take 40 minutes, half hour, an hour to hit me. And like, how, how do I get calm? Because there, there's a wave coming that I'm going to have to ride. And how do I get calm? So I just um, locked into my breath. My favorite fucking activity so far as a human mm-hmm. is when you can really just listen to your breath. Hear it come in, hear it go out. Hear it come in, hear it go out like the waves hitting a beach. It probably really primed you for going into what we did, what you did. I wish I came with you, but the next weekend. You want to cut all? You want to cut to the chase? You're sure. You want me to skip all this? Or what? Oh, no, 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 okay. no, 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 no! I don't want you to skip anything. Okay. I love cool. it. I'll get there. Okay. I know what I'm doing. I know. I'm a storyteller. I know. <laughs> I just get so excited. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't want to bore everyone with fucking ayahuasca details i i no i want to hear i wasn't trying to cut i wasn't trying to cut you off at all oh no i i don't care if if you're bored with it trust me they are (laughs) like i don't care i'll talk about whatever but yeah i I tethered to my breath and and i remember just feeling um feeling like you know life can sometimes become this like cruise ship and you're on the cruise ship and all this stimulations everywhere and it's safe and you're above the water and there's people here with you and everybody's like everyone's getting by and and it's groovy and there's music playing lots of distractions and taking this medicine was like jumping off a cruise ship (laughs) into some fucking crazy foreign part of the deep blue sea Mm mm-hmm and you're just out there and uh i don't know i think that the uh the breath is your tether back to the cruise ship if that's so where you choose to be but i like going far out i want to swim around in the unconscious i love access to the shadow realm because the more times i've accessed it the more times i've I've made that place into fucking heaven on earth too. Mm-hmm. Make friends with your demons while you're down there. Illuminate them, shine your little light on them and be like, oh shit, wow, this thing that happened in sixth grade that's been haunting me. Oh, actually it's my friend. Mm-hmm. It's, it's been reminding me of how to be in alignment. Mm-hmm. A- and and I can make friends with this thing and, and make it less consequential in a hard way on my life. Right, because if you can't see it, how can you address it? Uh, yeah. Man, that always takes me right to the very tangible example of that is is prison and not us being prison abolitionists and if we if we take the problem out how can we even see what it is how can we do anything about it to help ourselves so i appreciate access to that realm and uh it was just beautiful it was beautiful i was very very tethered to my breath it was um very calming it felt like when the medicine hit me it was kind of unlike any other time. It was kind of most like our first time. It was so kind. It was like an old friend that you forgot you even knew, like surprising you and coming and putting their arm around you. And you're like, oh, oh you're fucking here. It was like we were best buds. Mm-hmm. Me and the dime were 
best friends that night. And I was just doing yoga poses and hanging out. And one of my favorite things about this ceremony is there was no aversion to bring in Santa Maria into the mix. So we take a cup of ayahuasca and then about, you know, maybe 40 minutes later, we roll up a fucking fat joint. Oh, yeah. And our hummingbird shaman taught us how to smoke and honor the sun with the left hand, the moon, and the stars. Mm-hmm. Three hits with the left hand, and you pass with your right. And we went around and smoked a whole joint like that. <laughs> I definitely had a little resistance. Which, which for you, that's a, like as much weed as you would smoke in like a week. I know. It just right there in like, one sit down. And sometimes when I smoke weed and I like really inhale, I'm like, what have I done? <laughs> yeah, your eyes just go down. And so, I don't know, it might have spent, sent you through a little bit of a loop, but it was just adding to the, the, was good. the bliss that I was feeling mm-hmm. and, and the forgiveness and the the i hate to sound corny about this is not religious but just being in the presence of christ's love because because jesus what jesus was a man that walked to this earth but christ is a form of consciousness we all have inside of us and it's just waiting to be unlocked we're born into it we're born into that innocence and that purity and it's always sitting there and it's just waiting for us to come home so to be to spend three hours of my life really feeling that and basking in it and any person or presence or anything that came into my head was instantly forgiven that's a huge service if the ego was more at play in a moment like that uh that's when you end up writing people off Mm -hmm. or saying something mean or whatever well, those are very powerful neural pathways to... Yes. That's what that's what you're doing in there, is you're retraining your neural pathways towards forgiveness and compassion. And um, that was just my work. I'm not saying what anyone else's work is. I, I feel like I very clearly know what I'm on earth to do, and these things help illuminate the path a little bit more. I'm on the path no matter what, unfortunately. There's no getting off of it. And these just help illuminate it in a way that I'm like, oh, God, it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. You know, and that's what, that's what Jesus would, would tell people about. He wasn't going around saying, if you behave this way, when you die, you're going to go to this other place. He's saying, if you adjust your lens on this, you will see that you've been in heaven the whole time. You just haven't been able to see it. It's just a simple message. I kind of believe that the work doesn't stop when you die. Like there's like this afterlife of like meeting maybe other people in your life who have died and mm. and kind of being shown the way, but you still have to, it might be easier to yeah. find that love vibration, but it's not guaranteed. Yeah. You know, so you might as well find it now in this moment mm. and not, um, Maybe we give you the confidence. I mean, your your kingdom, your regalness, your royalness is always, your throne is always sitting there waiting for you to reclaim it. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. It's always sitting there waiting. And uh, to me, it, it, it helps to have these reminders in plant form. How could these plants not be an ally if that's what they're teaching right. us? Right. Yeah, and you're not like, and you're not special. You're not the only one with the throne. We all have a throne. Uh, uh, that's what Jesus was saying. Yeah. That's what Jesus was saying. We, we that that uh, it's in you. Mm-hmm. It's in you already. It's been there for good. And and uh, Jesus was a radical in that way. I I've, I mean I I do believe that if he were here on Earth now we probably wouldn't notice him for that reason. He probably wouldn't be telling everyone to vote for Joe Biden. <laughs> I mean, because no. we, we went to bed last night and I like had to talk to you about this because it's <laughs> something I'm continuing to navigate and engage with because I think we both are coming from this as a, 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 at a place of solidarity, you know, like recognizing our privilege and understanding how important solidarity is. Mm-hmm. Um with the people who are most affected by the current system that we're in. Yeah. And it's confusing to me our options right now. I just saw Michelle Obama put something out. Her last words, this is her promoting Joe Biden, is it is what it is. That's the 2020 mantra. It is what it is. Yeah, I don't want to consent to that anymore. And that's what that's what casting a vote even does. To me, for me, no matter who I vote for, I'm casting a vote in favor of the American empire. Prisons, private prisons, the cops. I mean, there's the thing, no Medicare for all. There's, I mean, it's just, it's a prettier. For-profit education. For-profit education. It's, it's where it really does feel like we're not voting between two different ideals about how to run this country it's just different faces mm-hmm. and i do believe and i'm not i'm not just I, I i right at this moment like i feel like i would vote and but i also feel the power of realizing that there are votes not even being earned like this is what you were telling me last night and i don't want to get too sidetracked on politics we can keep it quick but we can keep it quick but basically you saying that this is our time before the election to say that you need to earn our vote. They're going to take everything they can. This is, this is corporatist dream that they don't have to give us anything to say, vote for the lesser of two evils. That's all they have to do. They don't have to offer us anything. They don't have to make any promises. All they can say is, Hey, but we're not Trump. And when they're saying, hey, we're not Trump, they're saying, I'm taking your social security. Mm -hmm. You're not getting Medicare. You know, marijuana will remain illegal. Marijuana will remain illegal, you know. um, So that's those are the Democrats policies. Right. Joe Biden voted for the Iraq war. A million dead Iraqis. And like you were saying, you were like, he doesn't even apologize for it. No, that used to be a thing you would deny or backpedal or something. He doesn't even apologize for it. He doesn't apologize for being an architect of mass incarceration. I can't vote for him. Are you fucking kidding me? You were like, you're like, Cass, you're, if you went to a restaurant and all they had on the menu was meat and you're a vegan, because I am a vegan, would you just order meat? And that's, I was like, that's not a fair comparison. But the more I thought about it, I was like, fuck, 
fuck, fuck, fuck. I'm not looking to corner you or, no, or vote shame you or tell you what's going on. I don't believe anyone should vote shame me, even though when you start saying you're not going to vote for one of two corporatists, people come down on you because they're caught up with Trump derangement syndrome. They think he's the problem. He's the symptom, homie. He's the symptom. It's very horrifying, though, to think how what he will do with four more years and the value. Oh, yeah. It's, no, I know. It's fucking horrendous. It's it's really bad. So, anyway. Luckily, we live in New York, and uh, it's pretty fucking inconsequential who we vote for for president. I will show up and always vote in local elections and things that were, my vote actually makes a difference. But um, we'll see. We'll see. I don't know. It's not. So I mean, there's still, there's still a few months. Uh, what I kept saying. Yeah. Convince me. Right. The Democrats have plenty of time to convince me. They could do one thing, literally, Medicare for all. Joe Biden's people text me. I don't know how they have my number. Can we count on your vote? Trump is terrible. That's all they have. Trump is terrible, and this country can't handle four more years of it. I'm like, but this country doesn't deserve to be a fucking country. You know what this place was founded on? 240 years ago, too. It's not like we're talking about like we're some ancient civilization. Like we've we've really earned our stripes. We fucking stole this land. We fucking killed the people here. It was founded on slavery. And I don't... And, and look what we're all about. Imperialism. Exploitation. Overthrowing duly elected indigenous leaders in Bolivia so Elon Musk can go mine for fucking lithium come on what are we doing what are we consenting to i'm one of the non-consenters the more people that join me the quicker we'll fucking topple this empire we have to think beyond electoral politics hyper localization take care of your temple expand your temple make your neighborhood your street your block your apartment building your temple everyone in there deserves to feel as great as you do everyone deserves the same loving treatment that's that was one of the things that made jesus a radical was he wasn't saying like the churches were at those time that that there's this all-powerful god that's not you that's separate that's watching you he was he was putting on equal footing god and loving your neighbor the way you would love yourself he was putting that on equal footing. So what is he saying there? You're God. So are they. What what was what was the the good word? The 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 message. He would he would go around and impart on poor people the idea that it is not God's will that they are poor. That that is in fact the byproduct of injustice and that they are divine. That was the good word. People go, people go around fucking getting all this shit mixed up. This guy was very simple. This guy was very simple. And he was, he was treating people with the utmost respect and love. And to the point where it seemed miraculous. It seemed like he was performing miracles. Because that's how it would seem now. And he was, he was compelling people to drop out of the rat race and stop chasing wealth and be there for themselves and their communities in a way th just from love, from love. Be there for the betterment of yourself and your community. 
stop chasing all the stuff they're making us do. It's separating us. This is stuff that gets lost in the the Christian message of Jesus. But this is, that's what he was talking about. Mm. It's very simple stuff. He was hanging out with homeless people and prostitutes and drug addicts. Mm-hmm. And he was going and destroying property and fucking destroy, flipping over fucking tables in the temples in, in, the, in the money counters room. Mm-hmm. That's what we're doing now. We're saying, fuck this. Fuck this. You have us worshiping all the wrong shit. You're taking advantage of us. You're hypnotizing us. We're going to burn your fucking target. I'm sorry. And it's not that fucking big of a deal. Mm-hmm. So um, this very much applies to this moment. Whose tables would Jesus be flipping over if he were here? Joe Biden, Donald Trump, both of these motherfuckers, every senator, including Bernie Sanders, every congressperson. They've led us astray, and it's time to fucking reclaim our kingdom and what we're really about. And I'm not about borders. I'm not about fucking capitalism and competition. And I'm not about war. I had someone arguing with me the other day. This was, this was super eye-opening for me because I thought, I, was, I, thought I, I won this argument from the first thing. I basically put out, I put out a tweet saying, today is um, the anniversary of the bombing of Hiroshima where we killed 160,000 people, innocent people, civilians, children, women, civilians. Um, and this was, this was and, and if you know your history, not your American indoctrination, but your history, the Japanese were, were surrendering from, they, they, were, they were coming out of the war because the Soviets were attacking them from the other side and they just knew they stood no, no chance whatsoever. So they were negotiating their exit from the war and that's when we decided to decimate two of their cities and kill 300,000 people. So on the, on the anniversary of one of those days, I, I posted that. And this guy just came to me with like just classic American. A million people would have died if we had to invade the shores of Japan. And when, first of all, it's like, why are we invading the shores of, of anywhere? What the fuck are we, what are, what are we getting at? Okay, that, that, and so he, he's just spitting out the things I've heard my whole life from, from uh, histories, teachers, and, and American propaganda, and even my dad who, who knows his shit, just like parrots this bullshit that like a million Americans would have died if we didn't kill 300,000 innocent people. Like, no, stop. So I click on this guy's profile. The only thing it says is, uh, you know, Jesus, man. So I was like, I basically went at him. Like, you think Jesus would have uh, approved of the bombing of fucking 140,000 or 160,000 innocent civilians as a decimation of a city? Jesus would have wanted us dropping bombs from the sky onto children and he said yeah (laughs) and he pulled out a bunch of bullshit bible quotes that are totally misinterpreted and thinks that basically jesus was some sort of warmonger hawk and that's what american christianity is all about right there Mm. that's what american christianity is all about is taking this beautiful message and getting it all twisted up and it sucks because you lose people that could use jesus in their life 
You know, I'm, I'm not a monotheist. I, I love them all. I, we'll do an episode. We'll talk about Krishna. We'll do one about Buddha or whatever. We're talking about Jesus right now because we just went into a daime ceremony. But to take the message of Jesus 2,000 years later and use it to justify one of the worst acts of destruction that we've ever seen was really, to me, like beyond the pale. And it really opened my eyes to how hypnotized people can be. So that's where we're at. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry if that was a little heavy. No, I appreciate it. Yeah. You appreciate it. The truth seems to be too painful. That's it. That's what it comes down to. The truth about what this country really is, is uh, it's too much for, for people. Because um, the the truth about this country, yourself, what life is, all these things is actually this. The, it's it's a journey. It's a a journey of healing, and it's a process of unlearning, which is weird. Well, it's like we people have don't want to unlearn. It's it's incumbent upon us in order for us to like set our ancestors free, right? Whoa. That's good. But you know, we've talked about this, you know, it's, you know, I feel the presence of those that came before us with all of us. Yeah. You know, and and it's you can't accomplish all the work in one lifetime. It takes Yeah. It 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 takes us recognizing that there was people like Jesus who were doing the work we want to do now 2000 years ago. And there was probably some other motherfucker like him 2000 years before that. And 2,000 years before that, and it just goes back and back and back, these people that held the vibration of love in such a sacred and immaculate way that we're still talking about them. And nobody disagrees with Jesus' message. They might misinterpret it, but nobody disagrees with... All he was saying is love others the way you love yourself. That's all he was saying. Nobody disagrees with that. Nobody, Nobody would fight that. We honor other things. We make money our God, and that creates lost souls. And um, to get to what you were trying to get to before, I went to a bachelor party. (laughs) I went to a bachelor party the week after we took that. So I went there in a really interesting way. Yeah. I mean, I think it was perfect. Perfect preparatory experience. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, you haven't been around a lot of people. I think that when you have relationships where you've been with, these are friends of yours that have seen you in different stages of your life, in different relationships, in different uh, moments, you know. Yeah, these boys know me. Yeah. They definitely know me. And I definitely know them. Which yeah. which why I was like, I really, I almost needed to do this daime to prepare myself to even go to a place like that. Because at, on the heels of, of the daime, like wearing off, I was getting excited about going to this bachelor party for the first time. It wasn't like, oh God, how am I going to get through? How long am I going to last? Because that's the joke about me. All those guys are like, so when are you going to fucking just sneak out of here? <laughs> and I, as soon as I got there, I was like, I'm not going anywhere, man. I'll be one of the last motherfuckers here. I was the first. I showed up hours before anybody else. We were camping out in the woods. And, um, it, you know, we had this barn with a stage with, with drums in there, with like a huge kitchen. 
and like outdoor bathrooms and just this amazing like manicured field where we could all set up tents and camp and there's hiking trails everywhere it was just like fucking awesome i, I showed up early and i was like everyone was making fun of me like oh when are you gonna get out of here and well because like, you lasted the last weekend like 16 hours or 16 something. out of 48 at the last weekend yeah that they tried to do this but we were all we were all younger and less mature mm-hmm. so pre-covid and my whole thing is like i don't drink yeah it's hard it's so hard when you don't drink it, it, it's hard like i get triggered like i hear the sound of beers opening and i'm like it just it's the sound of bullshits on the way yeah it's oh here we go it's so weird i bullshit's coming i think i've become more just honest with people like i'm sorry alcohol really triggers me and it doesn't mean that what you're doing is wrong or that your decisions are wrong it's just like personally i really have an aversion well if you're doing the jesus thing and you're loving other people as much as you love yourself and you're caring for their temple the way you care about yours you see someone fucking poisoning themselves like that and you're like, no, no, no. And you train yourself not to say anything. And that's all I was going to do that this weekend. This was a couple of days ago. But I have all my medicines in my back pocket. I, know, I, I, I roll with it. You know, I knew there was going to be like 20 guys there. So I brought, I brought enough for everyone just in case. But to me, I was like going there with like, not the expectation that anybody would want to do anything like that because drinking is a it's it's a different thing it's more fun it's also what they're used to it's It's also societally accepted and societally celebrated and legal yeah exactly and all that it's just it's just good clean fun that alcohol right every time Uh tried and true Uh nothing terrible so uh yeah i don't know i had my shit but i I whispered in a couple people's ear when i got there just a couple close homies i'm like I got molly acid and mushrooms, you know, whoever wants to do anything, just, just find me. And I just knew I wouldn't have to tell everybody. I could just let a couple people know and the word would spread in the right way. And, uh, it did (laughs) and it worked and we had a psychedelic weekend. Not that people didn't get drunk at times and not that people, you know, they got half as drunk. People didn't, there was many people that didn't participate, but like good amount of the people there. Uh, got to enter the kingdom for the first time ever. Yeah, like what, 35, 40? 42 years old, 50 years old, 35 years old, you know, like never tried a psychedelic medicine in their life. And next thing you know, it's like the place just turned into a fucking all-out love fest. I love that. I wish I could have been there. It was incredible. It was almost too much for my heart to bear. Yeah. Yeah, because I had to then let go of an old story I had where even where I was kind of better than them, but it's not like it was a conscious thing, but I didn't realize until I let it go. That's very honest of you to like to acknowledge. Yeah. Where it's like, I'm not lowering my consciousness y'all I'll be here, but I'm not lowering my consciousness. And just to see like how divine everybody is and, um, I just kind of forgive them, forgive myself, mm-hmm. move on. There was a lot of that, a lot of sharing and forgiveness and, love just flowing out and it was fucking beautiful beautiful yeah when you came home and told me that you guys did stuff i couldn't believe it i know i can't believe i made it that whole time i can't believe 
you didn't know till I got home. I was so proud of myself for keeping that story to myself till I got home and told you. I, got, I wanted to tell the story in an impactful way. Well, because when you do these things and you realize what a gift they are and how they can tap you into the magic of the universe, the mm. love in your heart, your appreciation for your family, for your experience, for everything that has happened in your life, for your brotherhood. It's such a gift and you just want to share it. And it's yeah. hard. I think it was especially hard for us right at, at first to not kind of proselytize. Yeah. I mean, that's what this podcast is. Yeah. We pretty much started a podcast after we took mushrooms for the first time. Right. And I think we've gotten a little less out of that. Like you should do it. Cause, I don't I mean, care if anyone does You can't tell it. anyone what to do. No. And, and, I don't... and not only that, you tell them what to do and it's almost like they start doing the opposite. And yeah. It's like, I don't fucking care what anyone does. Like... When you're ready to start your your journey towards healing, fucking let us know if you. But then some people say like, "Why didn't we trust you?" Oh, that was the bet. It pretty much that was like a universal thing that everybody was saying to me, like, "Fuck!" Like it was hitting them, and they're like, "Dude, what? Like this is what you're up to?" Yeah. I'm like, yeah, not all the time. You guys think we're drug addicts or drug heads or something like that. We take medicine, and we take it. In in very uh, appropriate times and sacramentally. I like to call it even more than medicine, like sacrament. Yeah, we take these as sacrament. Yeah. Yeah, we're not fucking around, and we're not we're not doing it to uh, fucking. We are doing it to lose our mind and get get outside of ourselves, but it's not to lower our frequency; it's to heighten it. Right. And it it's to to show us a high watermark for where we could evolve to. Mm-hmm. And because uh, our because our soul is there. Yeah, but it's almost like you had to like go through everything that you did with what you did to hold the vibration of love that says like, I love these boys and yeah. I'm going to be here for the whole weekend, whether they take drugs or not, whether yeah. they drink or not. And yeah. when you held that vibration, they consciously, subconsciously were like, I trust this guy. That's what everyone kept saying. Yeah. And, you know, I felt incredible, of course, because it was like maybe the first time ever with friends that I've had for 20 years that it was like them just outwardly just expressing their love and being like sorry if like it doesn't seem like we include you in things you know like just know like we fucking love you i think they're just a little intimidated you know we we started doing all this stuff and we changed and they were trying to be the same but now they've all gotten married and more importantly had kids and having kids is mushrooms is acid it's all of it combined as i'm sure it's just like so so they have access to a sensitivity and a vulnerability that maybe would have terrified them and given them bad trips before if I had given them this. Also, I think COVID is, was such a, it has been such a psychedelic experience where yeah. you let go of how you think things ought to be because you no longer have control over mm. where things are going. Yeah. I mean, not that you maybe ever did, but the illusion of control has released its grip. Yeah. Oh, Totally that real that and and i read an article the other day i don't even know how they could measure this but it was like a legitimate source where they're saying um so many more americans are taking acid than ever since since uh the pandemic started like there there's some sort of evidence that like acid use is through the roof Mm. and i i think it's to what you're saying so yeah everybody was like people who in the past if i would have offered them this stuff and it wasn't ever in anyone's face ever offering it. Everyone just knows that they could have come to me if they wanted to. Right. No one ever took me up on it. All of a sudden, people who would have not only not taken it, but made fun of me are coming over and, and asking for it. I'm serving fucking hoppe. 
you know, and, and, and sitting there and just, I remember somebody saying, I, I matured, like I matured a lot at some point and I'm not sure what caused it. And I've known this person my whole life. And I said, well, your dad died and he shed form and his spirit entered you fully. And he was just like, <laughs> like, and it was like, whoa. And, and, um, later on in the night, like you could tell that was on his mind the whole night. So like he could, wanted to get some more time with me because <laughs> I, cause I could talk shit like this all night. And so he came over and, and he was like, I wish I could have talked to my dad about what it was like for him to lose his dad. Like almost like I wish I would have gotten advice from my dad about what, what it would have been like to lose him, you know, cause this is fucking with me. And, uh, he was like, what was it? Does your dad ever talk about that? I was like breaking my heart. He's like, your, your dad, you, you guys ever talk about what it was like for him to lose his dad? And I was like, yeah, yeah, we talk about it. We talk about it all the time. My grandfather died when he was 49 in front of me. I was six months old. And um, he says, you guys talk about that all the time? I said, yeah. I said, because it, it fucked my dad up and still impacts him. And that was as old as I am, 39 years ago. And he's like, wow, I wish I could have had that conversation with my dad. And I don't even know what the fuck came over me, but I was like, hey, man, you might not have taken enough mushrooms for this, or you might not believe me when I say this, but you still can. You can still have that conversation with your dad, and you'll always be able to. You can communicate to whoever you want, whenever you want. And and that sat with him, and it was, that was beautiful. It was just such a beautiful moment of connecting over our fathers and trying to trying to be like, how can we tap into their wisdom? How can we t learn from them to, how to, to figure out how to navigate this place a little bit better? It was really heavy, and it, a lot of fatherhood stuff. And another friend of mine came up to me, and he was just, he's a beautiful musician, and he was just pure love all night, and it was the, the music was pouring out of him. And his affection towards me, which I was very flattered by, you know, because he's like the famous one of our group of friends. He was like very talented and everything. He was just pouring all his love and affection onto me and um just saying just all night I just I love my family I love my family and right before he went to bed he looked at me and he was like how do I show my son the love that I have right now and that's a fucking hard question to answer <laughs> I don't know I said just work on yourself keep access to it for you mm -hmm. and he'll have access to it so it's a lot of stuff like that. A lot of funny stuff, too. I'm sure I'll tell stories at other times. I don't need to go over in every detail right. of what happened in this bachelor party. I think there might be an embargo on using names, stories, pictures. You know, we got each other's backs in that way. <laughs> yeah, but no totally. one did anything weird or shady. I just don't know what people's partners might think about hearing. Like, if they weren't going to be honest with their partner for some reason, which I think most of these guys would. But if they didn't want to really tell their partner, I took mushrooms this weekend or some shit. Um... I just don't want to blow up anyone's spot. But there were people that did it, and there were people that didn't. And if an angry wife is listening to this, just understand that your husband is in the category of the people that didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Oh, man. But it, it certainly fucking was a very high time for myself.
and it was a dry run on something that I think we're going to be doing called Space Camp. Yeah. You want to say anything about it? We're making, we're making plans. We're making plans to have a psychedelic sleepaway called Space Camp. Yeah. So if if that interests you, get in touch. Yeah. Yeah, because the real homies are the ones that listen this far. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> use use the email contact at veryape.tv. Subject helps, line, space camp. Just helps me keep things organized. I will respond to that email. Yeah. Uh, contact us for more information about what space camp is and how you could potentially be there if you're a responsible motherfucker who's not going to bring COVID into the situation. Mm-hmm. We also, did we mention this at the beginning? No, we didn't. Church of Chill. Our radio show, our music show, one of the loves of my life, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, we're 66 episodes deep, two years and SoundCloud gave us two strikes on the verge of getting a third for copyright infringement. And they threatened to take down our whole thing, which would include this podcast. And SoundCloud is the place that blasts this podcast out everywhere. So we had to fucking do a really painstaking shedding snake shedding its skin type of ceremony and go through and delete all of our old podcasts and all of our church of chill episodes. Yeah. So those are no longer, the archive is no longer available on SoundCloud. Um, but like a motherfucking Phoenix from the ashes, like Jesus moving that rock and coming out of his dead body, coming out of that fucking cave and going on with his life. We're still doing it. Yeah. And Church of Chill is alive right now. It's alive right now, and you can check it out on Patreon. I never thought we'd be the type of people that would be on Patreon, but we have to hide behind a paywall for a little bit to keep away from these fucking crazy bots that just scan every piece of audio for for copyright. We have to keep our act clean. And uh, so the way to do that is to hide behind a paywall. So we set up patreon.com slash church of chill. Yeah. And, and Patreon's cool because you can, you, on the app, you can download, you know, the church of chill, all the old ones are on there. The new ones will be on there and you can listen to it and use your other apps. And, yeah. and it's a really great um, app for that reason. But also you can pay, I think we have a suggested thing of like $2 or something, but you can pay whatever. And, and get and, access yeah, to everything. Any any amount you put in, you get access to Church of Chill, um, you know, all episodes. I'm probably going to be doing like five, six a month maybe. Yeah. You get access to all those and you get access to the archive. And, and also um, a Discord, which I don't even know if this will ever be a thing, but Discord is, I mean, Discord is a thing. A lot of people use Discord, but the Very Ape Church of Chill Discord, um, it is what you make of it, you know? If people want to connect or talk about the songs or talk about what we talk about on the podcast or connect with like-minded homies. Share their art. Share their art. I think Share their thoughts about episodes. We've also been, uh, we're finding out more and more, we're, we're matchmakers. Oh yeah, people are falling in love, getting yeah. connected through this podcast and dating and loving each other. And I think that... Um, they're like-minded homies that obviously we're a niche. And if you're listening, you are part of that niche. And, yeah. and and if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, I was never really a fan of Church of Chill anyway, um, that's just the best way to support us. Mm-hmm. That's just overall the best. We don't ask for money or never have, all of our stuff is for free. 
And we go broke making films to put them on YouTube for free for people to enjoy and expand their consciousness with. Yeah. And we do this podcast and we do it for free and we're against advertisers. So the best way to support us, if you like any of our stuff and the years of free work we've been putting out there, would be to throw a few ducats our way on Patreon. And if you feel like you want to be more generous and offer a little bit more, that's welcome and very much appreciated. Very much appreciated. We're, we don't make it y'all's problem, but it's pretty fucking crazy right now that we can't really work the way we used to. We can't necessarily go take a commercial job that pays for our life and allows us to be whatever. So um, we're figuring it out. We're going to figure out how to sustain ourselves through all this. But Keep it fun. Yeah. This certainly would help. Should I do a little hape? Mm-hmm. Do you want some? I don't know. I might do the chill cogway because I think that'd be fun. Oh yeah, funny. go grab the go go grab the chill cogway. This has been the Verier Podcast. Thank you for joining us. Listening along. What are you doing, Cass? So I have some hoppe here. And this little pipe. This is self-administering pipe. So this short end goes in your mouth and the big end goes in your nose. And you basically pour a little pile in your hand and you split it up into two because you're going to do one in each, each nostril. And you give it a good blow. They call it deer's breath. You really want to just blow it hard up there. And um, then it goes to work on you. It starts opening up the crown chakra. And your nervous system calms down and restarts. And it's spicy. It's fucking spicy. But uh, it's powerful medicine. And I'm going to do a little bit. And thanks for joining us. Peace and love. Can I say what I'm going to do? Yeah, I'm just going to move my mic up, so I'm done talking. All right. I'm going to do this, if you can read it. Chilcagua, you can get it on Etsy. This is to close down this ceremony and close down this, this transmission. I'm fucking nervous to do this every time. prayer that Church of Chill is successful and that it can continue to have life and help people create their art. podcast thank you oh shao 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 thanks for joining us